Hello, and welcome to Barbato's Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today, we are going to talk about creating a Catholic memories catalog. But first, a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor for this episode is Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring to you the tastiest tacos made with the freshest of ingredients. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com to learn more. You can also follow them on Instagram at dontacomts. And now, to the show. So, um, I have here with me an envelope from the Father Solanus. Please correct me before I say una barbaridad. How do you pronounce this word? I can't, I can't even. Guild. Guild. Guild, yep. Antes de que la cagare decida guild. Solanus guild. Guild. Father Solanus guild. That's a different religion, I think. I know. That's a th I'm kidding. Oh. You, you you can see how gullible I am. That I was, I was like just really? about to say that. <laughs> um, and we have in our possession um, little pieces of cloth that were touched to the tomb of Father Solanus. So if you go to the Father Solanus um, Guild online, you can request. For relics, this would be considered a second mm -hmm. class relic, right? Yes. Uh, so it's a cloth that was blessed and touched to the tomb of Father Solanus in uh, Detroit in St. Bonaventure. So now we're really excited to have them uh, when we are recording the podcast, uh, you know, because he's each, our patron saint. Each one of us has one. You can request them online and... Um, And they, they just mailed them to you, which is fantastic. And with this um, little prayer card with a little bio of Father Solanus um, and uh, a prayer for the canonization of him, which we should probably pray at some point, maybe not uh, right now, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, um, we are going to be um, promoting him until he becomes a saint. He has been an inspiration for us. Um, but And we're going to party that day. Right? That's going to be like amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. Um, in our... We're going to get lit. Yeah. I know when he, when he got uh, named the Blessed, they had um, this, this lady that uh, had the first uh, miracle. I still don't know what the miracle is. I just know that he got, um, the, the mass was in a Ford field. In Detroit. Oh, yeah, where the Lions play. Where the Lions play. And uh, you don't like that piece of uh, well, fact. I'm willing to look the other way. <laughs> just on the, just because of this. Just in this case. Yeah. Yeah. But um, a lot of Hail Marys have happened. At <laughs> that's it has brought very people closer field. to God in mm -hmm. that particular um, sporting uh, complex. But the thing is, They had in the in the 
it's not canonization, the beatification mass for Salinas, they had a piece of his bone in this cross as a relic, uh, and that would be a first-class relic. So I thought that for banter, we could talk about relics because, you know, that's one of the things that people look at us Catholics and they're like, what did they do with exactly. hair and blood and uh, bones? You did what to his body? You did, yeah. <laughs> like, I think St. Teresa of Avila is like all over the, the world. Like, her tongue is in one church and then one of her legs is in another church. Pobrecita. Mm-hmm. She's all over mm-hmm. um, God's creation. I, I think it's important also to make the distinction that we didn't buy these because correct. that is Simony. not correct. So we requested these correct. at Father Solanus's guild in Detroit. They just mail them to you. If somebody sold you or you're involved in selling <laughs> relics online or eBay, because there's like a thing, right? People, yes. people do weird things that they shouldn't do sometimes. Um, just know that that is not It's not correct. kosher. It's not kosher and it's not uh, uh, encouraged by the Catholic Church in any way. True. Is it a sin? It's simony. It's called a... Mm. Uh, so if you sell relics, listen to our podcast on confession. Yeah. And, <laughs> maybe and go make good with God. <laughs> Repent. Donate the yeah. money that you earned from selling those relics to the poor. And stop selling yes. relics, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't sell relics. I don't think anyone had a, like the intention of another, like, oh, there's a market oh, for this. Great. Like, these guys will buy anything. Damn, it's... It's like we his, started with a tortilla, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like, man, his finger fell off. What are we gonna do? <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, We're gonna sell. Have it. you heard of this place called eBay? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You know what's funny in Italy? They they don't sell you the the relic, obviously, but um, they sell you the the vessel, the reliquarium, uh, which is like a little tiny monstrance, right? Um, I think one of the uh, coolest ones that we've seen is um, who was it? I think it was one. Uh, we hosted a, uh, um, a, a team of net missionaries one time, and there was this girl from Ireland that had a relic. I don't remember if it was first, second relic of Saint Rita, which happens to be mm-hmm. Vienna's favorite saint, and um, and we. She was able to pray over Diana with it, uh, so that was pretty special. And um, uh, Father Klein, I don't know if you guys know this, I shouldn't probably say this, but he has a good number of relics in his um, uh, rectory altar, and um, he has specifically one of Father Pio. Oh. And I was able to touch my rosary to that specific relic so technically my rosary now it's a third class nice relic right. um but not to say that it's, it's 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 not an amulet it's not superstitious we are not really worshiping or adoring the relic itself it's more of a reminder of who these people um gave their lives for which is god so we give all um honor praise and glory to to jesus christ that uh inspired all these holy men and women the communion of saints and um those reminders of um having these relics of holy saints um with us is um 
it's a, a, a remembrance of um, how it is possible to be a saint. And we are all called to be saints. So um, some of the, I think there's a, there's a funny one that, well, I think it's funny. It's St. Gennaro in Italy that um, there's a vial of his blood that liquefies on um, uh, every September 19, which is his um, feast day. Um, and I was reading, uh, I don't remember if it was two, three years ago that it failed to liquefy on his feast day. So everybody was like, what's going on? So they're not like, you know, I don't know if they're moody or like St. Gennaro was like, no, I'm not going to do the miracle this day, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we don't know what their agenda is on the other side of the veil, but I thought that, that was like interesting because there's like the ladies of St. Gennaro that are like uh, calling him to liquefy, which is kind of, a, you know, that's probably why we get a bad rap. As mm -hmm. So I should probably stop talking about that. Um, but yeah, and um, you don't have to go too far. You know, St. Timothy's. Mm -hmm. in, they have a ton of relics. They have a, a room mm -hmm. dedicated to um, exposition of, of relics. We'll put a, a link to the um, to the website. But I think I saw they have, well, they have a St. Timothy relic as well as relics of um, St. Paul the Apostle and St. Lucy. That was the one that called my attention. Mm -hmm. you, you have a Lucy yep. as well in your family. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, St. Tim's, why not? Let's just... Go there and uh, you know pray with um, those relics to get um, closer to the communion of saints. Any any relics do you have? I don't have a relic, but I think the coolest one that I've ever witnessed was when I was on med. <laughs> um, it was after one of the men's sessions, um, and one of the priests that always goes to all of the trainings. He had a a relic of the true cross. Oh, and it was, and we got to, we got to kiss it, which was super cool. Really nice. humbling. Mm -hmm. and you know just, who else? Sorry. I mean, just to think about, man, like you're you're kissing the an actual piece of of wood of the cross that our Lord was nailed mm -hmm. to. It's pretty pretty insane. Solanus had a relic of the true cross. Oh, really? Yeah. We're pretty much homeboys, you right? Know? <laughs> And that's, that's my guy. That's what he used to pray over people with. Oh, I had a story about Solanus. Um, because I'm reading this book called Thank God Ahead of Time. I think, I feel like I mentioned it on every third episode um, so far. So um, when he was in Huntington, this is in the late 1950-somethings, um, he was not porter because not a lot of people were going to St. Felix where he was in semi-retirement, but he would answer a ton of mail. He would have like, I don't know, 40, 50 pieces of mail every day. And to the point where he got a secretary that would open all of his mail and, um, and he would respond to most of the requests or prayers. And he would just, leave the, the most pitiful of cases to Solanus to, to reply personally. But there was a second reason why they put a secretary on him because people would send checks and money 
for the Seraphic Mass Association, you know, for those things. And there was, he couldn't care less about money. So um, this is a um, an excerpt of uh, Father Blaise Gibson um, in the book. He says, in some ways he offended my Prussian regularity and orderliness. He had money on him, which he just stuffed into his habit pockets and money all over his room which he stuffed into the cubby holes of his desk or used as pagemakers. He didn't know to which account that money was to be credited. So one day, with the blessing of the superior, I went through his room and collected $153. He never said anything, but I got the impression that he wasn't very pleased that I cleaned up his room. Not that he cared about the money. He never took care of it because he just couldn't care less. But I lost his place in many a book. This <laughs> 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 so was like porcelainus. So who's just using him as bookmarks? He was using him as bookmarks. Like I'm 50. never gonna know what happened to that puppy because you moved the dollar bill. <laughs> I know. Um, that's so awesome. That's, that's that's pretty amazing. It's like, yeah, this is nothing. It's just paper. Yeah. Coming back to the relic, I remember when when the heart of Saint John Vianney was like in. This yes. pilgrimage. I'm so glad you said that. That they brought it to uh, Saint Joan of Arc, and it was beautiful just to be in in the presence. Right. Um, I think that was the only one, and then they brought another one of uh, Saint Padre Pio, along with a, something about Saint John Paul II. Right. Yeah, I think the gloves of Padre Pio are Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. Mm. Here in the diocese. Mm. Well, if you go to the diocesan center, all the vestments that mm. Saint John Paul II wore when he came when he came here mm. are there. Wow. Um, the I think the craziest one that I've been able to be prayed over with was um, a relic of Saint Mary Magdalene. It was. Do you remember what's the name of that order of priests that are dedicated to perpetual adoration? They are in France. I totally forgot the name. Um, this this Irish priest who was doing a mission at Saint John of Arc eons ago, he had it, and I went to this mass at like seven a.m. in the in the chapel, and then at the end of mass, he was praying over people with the relic of Saint Mary Magdalene. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, but anyways. Let's talk about um, the the topic for the day, which is um, building a Catholic memories catalog. And the idea for this episode, uh, that's kind of an abrupt um, transition, but I think it, it'll it make sense in a little bit. Just bear with me. Um, in our walk of faith, we are going to have up, ups and downs. There, there are going to be times where we are going to feel very close to God and there are going to be times that it might feel like he is far away that he is not with us um, and I got this idea from, from Father Chauncey Winkler um, he's out in Our Lady of the Lake in Lake Havasu City in Arizona um, I met him at um, this multi-parish retreat in Williams and he gave me this kind of like spiritual direction it was after confession. Anyways, the, the, the reason behind this is that when, when you have this 
catalog of memories when you have been on those like high points with God, where you have felt his presence the most, and you have felt closest to him, loved by God, hold on to those to those memories and and if you can write them down so so you are able to to relive those those memories why so when you feel like you are abandoned uh, you can go to those and uh, have hope again in in your those moments of desolation uh, it's a very simple and practical idea um you just take the inventory of those moments and um and then you push away those thoughts of of abandonment of of despair so i was thinking that maybe it would be a good exercise to like mention a couple from our own experience to give some examples of what that looks like for us so then whoever is listening to this episode can um, start thinking about like, oh yeah, no, that's, I had similar situation and things like that. So I'll kick it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most recent ones that I can, that I can remember was vigil mass about maybe two years ago. I want to say uh, we went to, St. Joan Vigil Mass, and there were like close to 30 catechumens. Mm. So it was a long, long Mass, right? And we were, uh, I think it was close to three and a half hours. Um, and we had the, the girls with us, and we, we thought it was maybe it's a little too much, you know, three and a half hours for them. But when we came out, and every time that they, would sing the hallelujah every time that they would dunk somebody. I don't know. It was just like graces were falling on us because we just felt so happy that, that another person. member would come into the, the the church. Such a joyous moment. Yeah. It was just like, and props to the choir that time because, I mean, they were already like exhausted by doing all of the activities of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Right, and then that night is like a three straight hour of singing. Hallelujah! Is not not the three hours, but the the mass at least and everything. Thirty times at, le- at least thirty times that night. Yeah, but we we were like very pleasantly su- surprised. First of all, with the kids, right? We didn't think that they were gonna be th- not only that good, but that they were gonna be like visibly happy when we left. We were all like visibly like smiling, mm. you know, because we were just like overjoyed. So it was, it was very exciting to go to vigil mass and then have the next morning. I think we went to mass the next morning too. Um, and, and to, to know that our Lord had risen with, with that vigil mass, um, I don't know. It was it was like we were touched. We were just like overjoyed. That's no no other way to put it. Wait, did you mention was this the first time you went to a? We have gone to vigil masses oh, okay. all like at other parishes in our hometown or whatever. But 
I don't know. I guess when we were down there, we were always like part of like the organizing team. Mm-hmm. And you're always like preoccupied with like all oh, making sure that the logistics are, are good and whatever. Yeah. That's so, what so I guess, remembered. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was always like not in the moment when I should have been because I was trying to make the the, the liturgy. Flow. Yeah. The I actually sang the the pregón once in in mass when I was like in my hometown. The priest asked me like the the day of. You know what what I'm talking about? The no. I don't know what it's called in English. It's, I know what pregón is in Spanish, but what's the part what's the That's when when they sing the that that be when vigil mass starts that they sing the I'm totally butchering it. The Lenny of the Saints? No. When the priest goes like, this is the night. Then that's, uh, I think it's the exultant. Yeah. I think that's. I, I sung them that once. What? Yeah. <laughs> Prove it. No, I can't. Give us a little I taste. Cannot. I cannot. It, it was in Spanish. It, no, I can't. I, I will butcher it even worse than I already have. <laughs> and, and the priest, I remember like threw it at me like that morning because he was like too nervous to do it. He was like a very young priest. And he didn't think he could do it. And I was like the 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 leader of the choir at that time. He said, you have to do this. You have to do this because I won't. <laughs> so all that day I was just practicing see, it. I see no more. Yeah. What? It was like, we're, we're going to do a bonus track. You know, <laughs> so I was singing yeah. that That's going to be for the Patreon thing when we have it. <laughs> Come if on, you want guys. exclusive content, <laughs> donate. Gustavo will sing. I will us. sing will my sing ass us. off for you people if you donate. Sing no, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, that uh, that's one of the ones that I remember more, the like more recently. And then another one would be um, when we were in, we were invited to put together a retreat for um, kids that put retreats on for teens, like like youth group ministers. But they were kind of like having hard time, like getting motivated and stuff. I guess that they were doing it like I think three or four retreats a year. So I maybe they were a little burned out. So they said, "Can you come help us out to to really motivate the kids and do a retreat? Like you guys can do everything. We we're not gonna tell you the topics or anything. We just want to get them motivated and getting spiritually fed and and ready for the next one. So we based it on the uh, life and spirituality of Saint Benedict." And it was like a three-day retreat. And it landed like right around Corpus Christi. I think we ended with Corpus Christi Mass that Sunday. And it was like a long weekend. You know, if you've ever put together a retreat, you're pretty pretty tired by the end of it. But when they were processing, it was like a very, very faith-filled weekend that us, by giving the talks and preparing for everything and obviously praying, um, we got very, very filled. I mean, we got so many graces, Carolina and I, uh, because it was the two of us putting together a retreat for like, mm. I don't know, 40 kids or whatever. Did you already have your girls? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they were babysat for mm. for that weekend. And, um, but when we, when I was at mass and I saw the procession, when I saw the deacon walk in with the monsterins, um, because they had done the procession outside, I I got, the gift of tears. I was like sobbing uncontrollably. That sounds familiar. When when our Lord was processing to the altar, because because I just I'm like 
that's him. You know, you get that instance where you're like, maybe physically I was tired and whatever, but I was just vulnerable in that moment. I let myself be vulnerable and it, it caught me so, so bad. And it was beautiful. It was yeah. just beautiful to, wow. to feel our Lord that close because I felt like he was literally walking. He was obviously right, but I could see him right as if he was like actually walking down the altar uh into the it down the aisle into the altar so those are the two that really came up to mind and obviously i mean my wedding day when my kids were born when i found out i was going to be a dad i literally dropped the potatoes and stuff like that <laughs> i had a sack of potatoes in my hands um but those moments i think um even though i know i was very close to god in those moments he would shower me with those graces of marriage, of fatherhood. I guess I wasn't very in tune with my faith to really appreciate it. Mm. Like I did like the, the procession or like I did that vigil mass, you know? So I, one of my things that I keep coming back to when, when we talk about stuff in, in the podcast is, it's just like the awareness, you know, awareness for me is super important to be just uh, open and and know and have the knowledge and the and the openness of heart and mind to receive those graces that the Lord is showering us with and to be able to recognize it. So it was those two times that I can clearly say, like you said, it was that was the Lord right there and then. I think that is great that both of those examples you were like emptying yourself and you were like physically tired. Because I feel like that is um when when you think you cannot give any more you get this boost mm -hmm. of the other story that you said when you were like fasting you were so oh yeah that was a soldier yeah yeah that you got the eucharist and then you were completely satisfied mm -hmm. you're like that's great that's com that's great was that, yeah, was that part of that weekend or no no that was a different weekend mm -hmm. yeah this was in june the other one was around easter you me You know, it was when I was thinking about like my list, I was trying to figure out like what, because I feel like there's a lot of moments mm -hmm. in, in in our lives, obviously. And I was trying to pick, you know, two two good ones. I think one that really stands out is is when I proposed to Nayeli, um, because I had something else completely planned when I was gonna propose to her. Wait, what was the original plan? I forgot. I honestly don't remember. I think I was going to do it. It was going to be. We were going to go to this other church, but I ended up doing it at her own at her home parish. Okay. Uh, and I had it. I was I was working on it. But like, so the day that I that I proposed, I wasn't planning on proposing that day. But I remember that she was planning on going to this. I think it's called a, a shakedown. Um, it, it happens over at St. John Vianney. That's where she grew up, going to Mass. And they have praise and worship. They have a talk. Uh, they have adoration. So she wanted to go, and I was going to go with her. And that was the plan. So then I was working, and they called me that the ring was ready. And then in that moment, it just kind of had like a Holy Spirit moment. And I said, what if I propose today? What if I do something? So I called her, her best friend, and I said, like, hey, Kind of just the Lord is just really telling me like do it today, do it tonight. 
So we came up with this plan where I was going to tell her, I was going to call her and be like, hey, I can't make it. We have a last minute taco party. My dad can't do it. I'm going to have to do it. So, so we, you lied to her. I did. It was a little white lie, but I'm <laughs> glad I did because it worked out. So, you know, she was kind of bummed, but she, you know, she's like, I'm not going to go anymore. I'm like, no, you should still go because, you know, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, if you're not going to go, I kind of want to go. I'm like, no, you should go. I was trying to like, no, you should Listen go. Listen to me. Just go. Exactly. Just go. So she ended up going. And so how we planned it out was, you know, when I drove over there, I was so nervous. I knew she was going to say yes. And that's the thing. Like, I always tell, I always tell women, I was like. It's hard to propose. Like, I knew that she was going to say yes, but yeah. it's still so scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I knew she was going to say yes, but I was so nervous on my way over there. And then when I got there, I, like, texted um, my friend uh, Chilo. You guys, you know Chilo. Yeah. I was like, hey, I'm here. He's, he's like, okay, I'll tell you when to come in. So they moved into the church, and there was going to be, like, a time of, uh, of adoration. So I was, while she was in adoration, I was inside the church, but I was all the way in the back. They were hiding me somewhere. And I could see her though, but she she didn't know that I was there. She thought that I was making doing a taco party. Um, so then the plan was gonna be everyone was gonna leave. Nayeli and her friend Stephanie were gonna stay up front, um, just waiting for the priest to come and take Jesus away because it was doing adoration. And the plan was gonna be they're gonna be both kneeling, and then Stephanie's gonna go, "Oh, David said he forgot the key. I'll be right back." So then. That happened. Mm -hmm. She stood up, went to the back, and then she like looked at me like, "Okay, you're good." And I walked up, and then I called her name, and she turned around. And she saw me, and you know, she kind of she she knew what was going on. But I proposed to her in front of Jesus, and it was like one of the coolest moments of my life because she it was at her home parish. It was in front of her beloved and her beloved. I'm pointing at me, um, <laughs> and it was just so cool. Like I. I remember that day like it was like it was yesterday. I remember exactly what I said to her. Uh, she didn't even say yes. She said, of course. She didn't even say yes. Um, Do you remember what you said? Um, I did. So I said. Um, I mean, you don't have to say it. On no, I can, I can say a few things. I said that you are my greatest gem. You are the person that I want to make most proud of. Um. You had me at hello. <laughs> and I just said that it would be an honor to me if you would spend the rest of your life with me. And she said, of course. And you know, I asked because I forgot the speech when I was going to propose to Diana. It's like everything goes blank yeah. in that moment. Mm -hmm. But I remember those few, those few words. Like, I can't remember what, exactly what I said, but it just everything goes blank. And... You're just like in that moment, and it was great, man. I every time I feel down, every time I, you know, when we get into a fight or we're I'm like at a low point or I'm at I'm at a high point, or whatever. I always think back to that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I like to brag that I proposed to my wife in front of Jesus. Pretty cool. Nice. Uh, and then another one. I mean. Obviously, the birth of my girls was super beautiful, but I think one that really sticks out. So I didn't go to Disneyland until, when was it, 2019? That was the first time I went to Disneyland. I For real? 34, I was 32. 
33? 33. Okay. I went to Disneyland. And I always give crap to my parents because we lived in <laughs> California growing up and they never took us. And I'm like, <laughs> you were in Long Beach. Está muy caro, yeah. mijo. It's like, Vamos al parque, vente. Yeah. Está mejor acá, mira. No me quieren. <laughs> I was like, no me quieren. No me quieren llevar a Disneyland. Yeah, they never took me to Disneyland. So I pretty much didn't have a childhood. Um, <laughs> so, and I would always just like throw it in their face. Like, why didn't you ever Did you like me? live? Like, you could, could you see Disneyland where you lived? <laughs> no, but I mean, I lived in Cali, bro. I lived in South Cali. I lived in, uh, I mean, Long Beach. I was born in Long Beach. I grew up in Paramount. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's there. It's right it, there. It's there. And they never closer than me. from Phoenix. Pretty for much. sure. That is true. And they never took me. So, it, my wife took me for the first time. So it was my first time, and then it was Lily's first time. We didn't oh. have Pia yet. Yeah. We didn't have Pia yet. So we go, and I made a joke. Like, you know, like, I said, like, I want my parents to take me. I want them to hold me by the hands and take me through the gate. And oh, then the castle? Wait, they went with you? No, they didn't oh. go. But <laughs> when we got there, I took a picture with Nayeli and Carlos, like, guiding me through the, like, they're just, like, holding my hand. And I sent it to my dad, and he felt so bad. <laughs> Shows him, right? Yeah, but the coolest thing that happened on that trip was we dressed up Lily as Snow White because we went on Halloween and we dressed up as Snow White. So it was towards the end of the night. Um, we went to the, oh my gosh, I don't know what, what it's called, but it's it's like the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called, the Haunted Mansion. It is, yeah. Yeah. So we got out, or we went in, and then Ayeli wanted to go take Lily to see to meet all the princesses, but I stayed behind to I don't know what we were doing, but but then I just I was like, man, I really want to go with Ayeli and Lily because they were about the the reason that they left is because they were about to close, mm-hmm. um, and she really wanted to go. So I didn't know how to get there, and then Carlos and Monica, they're like professionals at Disney; they know where everything is. They literally know they know Disneyland like the like the back of their hand. It's kind of crazy. So I was like, "Hey, I need you to take me to where the princesses are." And she's like, "And they're like, okay, let's go." So we go. We're like booking it over there. We're running. We finally get there, and I think Nayeli and Lily were like one of the last ones that they let in. And I was like, "Hey, my daughter's gonna go in. Can I go in with them?" And they let us in, and Lily dressed as Snow White got to meet Snow White, and it's the cutest coolest interaction in the world i have a video i all i'll see if maybe we can post it in the show notes uh, on instagram yeah oh yeah i'll put it on instagram but it was the coolest interaction she was just like giggling like snow white the adult snow white was like kissing and like, like blowing kisses and things like that and lily was just like giggling and you could just tell <laughs> that she was so excited and just like i can just still picture it in my head it was just such a cool moment because I was holding Lily and just like seeing her joy and then seeing Nayeli freak out because she's like, oh, my wildest dreams are coming true. Like my daughter's <laughs> meeting all the Disney princesses. <laughs> but it was such a cool moment that, yeah, like I, I feel like I was going to miss that moment. Okay. If I didn't get there on time, I was going to miss it. And yeah, Nayeli could have taken pictures or whatever, but I wouldn't have lived it, you know? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have experienced it myself, so... Yeah, it's definitely one of those moments that it's like pure joy. What's that? Pure joy. Pure from joy. Your daughter. Man, it was the coolest. I'll show you guys the video. Yeah. It has it's to be so like cool. baby giggles, man. There's Dude, something hardcore. about it. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Baby giggles, hardcore. Especially if it's your kid. Oh, for sure. 
Um, I guess I'll go next. How about you, Walter? Um, <laughs> Throwing the ball at you. Thank you, thank you. So I, I already shared about like solving uncontrollably on the way to communion after 10 years of starving my soul. So that was a big one of, you know, from Reversion Stories episode uh, two, I two? think. Yeah. Um, that's what's a big one. And I think coming back to the point that Gustavo said about how you don't appreciate certain things until you come back to the to the to the faith. Um once I met Diana and um we both made the um well we center our relationship in in Christ. So we knew that for our honeymoon we wanted to go to Rome and some other places. So we had the I think it's one of the best trips that I've had in my life. We we got to go to Rome where um we were going to get gelato in this place called Frigidarium, which is close to Piazza Novona. And we went to this church because, you know, in Rome there are churches in every corner. And we go in and we see a um a shrine to Saint Agnes and Saint Agnes was one of the saints that we were praying to during all of our engagement because there's this prayer to Saint Agnes Saint Agnes for um engaged couples, which I have somewhere. But her skull is in that church in Piazza Navona. And we didn't know. We just found her. Uh so that was like a really cool like wink from God. Um then we got lost on the way back to our um, bed and breakfast in Rome. And we found another church where they had um, the tunic of St. Padre Pio and some relics of St. John Paul II. So it was like half honeymoon, half um, pilgrimage. Because uh-huh. um, we spent one day in Assisi and we got woken up by the, the chant of the friars. Uh, singing the the office um and we got to pray the rosary in the tomb of saint francis just like super tiny place but just being there and like bringing all these prayers from our friends and family to pray the rosary in front of saint francis that has been one of the really really like very special moments of, of me being a catholic because everything that he means to to the church. I mean, you probably know by now that all three of us have some of um, uh, Franciscan um, friendships with saints like Colby and uh, Padre Pio and uh, Blessed Salinas. Um, and, uh, you know, you see the San Damiano cross and then you go to the church where the actual crucifix is there, which is also where St. Claire of Assisi is. And getting this, like, smell of violets when you are walking in front of her tomb is like surreal you know um so those were kind of like all of these crazy things that we went and saw that's why i wanted to start the the banter with the relics because um when we went to venice we 
we were walking in front of the tomb of Saint Mark. You know, like uh, the um, evangelist, and and I think those memories are like really imprinted in my brain when when I'm like struggling with my faith or like when I don't want to pray or I don't feel like praying um, just to think how rich the, the Catholic faith is. Not to say that in order for you to love the, the Catholic faith, you need to go to Rome or the Holy Land. You can be a saint wherever you are. Um, but it just so happened that we had this amazing opportunity to do this. Um, and it has completely changed my outlook of, of the faith um, to grow in, in devotion to, to the community, community of saints and, um, you know, being in St. Saint, Saint Peter's Square. You know, when you go to the, uh, uh, the Colosseum and you see the arch of, I, I, I forgot the name of the emperor that they built the arch for, mm -hmm. when Jerusalem fell in 78 AD, they have all these engravings of um, the Roman soldiers taking the menorahs and and all of these things from the from the temple in Jerusalem, and um, you know that's that's the only reminder of what the Roman Empire used to be, but then you have Saint Peter, and all of the descendants of the first Pope, and they are still there. Mm -hmm. You know, it is like this. Two millennia afterwards, nobody. I'm not saying that nobody remembers the Roman Empire. Obviously, we, we still talk about it, and it's taught in schools, and, and it's part of history, a big part of history. But the the descendants of, um, or the um, not the descendants, the uh, uh, lineage, the lineage, or the the predecessors. Mm. No predecessors before the successors mm -hmm. of Peter, they're they're still here, um, and yeah, I think that becoming a, a a father is like one of the most visceral and spiritual things that can happen to any man. I I do remember vividly that um, after we had Emilio, our second, there was. Um, some sort of complication after Deanna gave birth that she had a, a, a hemorrhage and um, it was very traumatic but I do remember holding Emilio in one arm and my rosary on the other hand and just praying because the, I was scared of what was going to happen and just holding on to Mama Mary you know and and I mean year three years later we're still here and then Emilio's mm -hmm. as healthy as can be and Deanna's as healthy as can be. Um, just clinging to God in that moment of complete darkness, that was one of the, the things that I cherish the most now because I know that he was with me um, in this moment. They, they even asked me, like, would you like to wait in a different room? I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here with my few hours old and my rosary in my hand and just in this state of like deep prayer 
and everything now is kind of a blur but just when when they got the unstable i was like breathing easier obviously there's a chapel at mercy gilbert where we had all of our babies and just going there after obviously and be like why do you make me suffer like this you know <laughs> there's like all this catharsis afterwards to to um have this relief um to the point where you know you, you break down and cry after the, the shock of uh, ha having all of those things but those are the kind of things that i'm like how do people without faith do it you know that has been always uh, what Vienna and i come to they were like we have a faith that um we have a god who is faithful um and and we know that um that he is with us so bringing it uh around to why we started this and why we think it's a good idea is because there are going to be difficult moments in life especially after the year that we had 2020 and how 2021 is um, shaping out to be that um, we need to have this catalog of memories where we are bringing to mind those moments where God has been the most present to us. Uh, and just to, to remind us that he is with us always until the end of times. Um, so now, especially now that we are um, coming into uh, Easter, to know that that we that we can have that joy of the resurrection, that the victory over death has been, um, it's ours has been. Oh, I already covered that. Yes, yeah, uh, with Father Chauncey. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so, um, just having that in mind, um, I think it's, it's beneficial for, um, going back to when you have a bad day or when you are in a very desolate place. I think we touched it on when we first started talking about what we were going to do with this podcast. Remember when we were like my backyard and drinking a beer and mm -hmm. had a fire going. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first ideas you brought up and we were all like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it's great. It's a great idea. And, and honestly, I didn't know about it. Um, and that's the cool thing about reaching out and connecting with other Catholics, right? To, because you can get ideas like this that can help strengthen your faith or if you need like a cheat sheet. You know, a lot of guys need cheat sheets. Um, and this is another good one. And, and you know, sh share the wealth. Um, send this episode to a friend. And it's also good for the soul, right? Mm -hmm. to, to, to remember these things. Because when you start remembering that, that, you know, when I, when I started thinking of when we went to Disneyland, and then like, oh, yeah, and then this happened. Oh, and then we met mm -hmm. the princesses. Oh, and then we ate this. And then we saw the show. Like, you start all these yeah, Different you start making start the connections. In, yeah, you know? so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, super and also important. Like looking back at what God has done with your life, which yeah. is, can be a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. 
to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. True. You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatos Catholic Podcast. You can send us an email at hello at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at www.barbatoscatholicpodcast.com, where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. And go build your Catholic Memories catalogs. Bless us, Casey. Pray, Pray for, for us. Until the next time.